Good evening, welcome to the latest episode of the Magicast. I'm your host, Scott Monroe. Uh, a happy Christmas to everyone who has been listening. Um, hope it was a good Christmas and hope you all stayed safe. Uh, we are doing a review pod of 2021. Uh, we are recording this just on the 30th of December, so we just got one more day after this till 2021 ends, and then we roll into 2022. Uh, with me tonight, I've got Sam. How are we, Sam? Hey, Scott. It's nice to be back with you for the final episode of 2021 to review the seasons. One of my favorite things, so I'm glad to be here for that. No, glad to have you. It's been a while, hasn't it? Yeah, it has been a while with work and everything. I've been mean, I've been editing and releasing, but it's not the same as being behind the mics with you. So that's nice. No, that's okay. Uh, also, we got Imran. How are we, Imran? We're good. Thank you very much. Um, and we also got the returning James. How are we? We heard we were talking off pod. You had a little bit of a scare during the week. Are you feeling a lot better? Yes, thank you. Thank you. Yes. As- good to have you on you were very uh enjoyable to have on the previous pod where you were on your long run and we're talking about the Sampdoria <laughs> game which did not end well <laughs> just over no. a week ago um so guys we are here to talk about the review of 2021 uh, for roma and also i've got a quiz of 2021 which we'll uh, we'll talk about at the end uh, so we want to talk about highlights, lowlights, uh, best player, maybe worst player, and maybe your standout moment of 2021. Uh, we'll start with highlights, and I will go to Sam first. What was your highlight of 2021, Being a, watching Roma? Uh, the growth of... Uh, I mean, I'm going to go individual over here, but that was my, the, my favorite thing of 2021. The growth that Lorenzo Pellegrini has shown. He's actually taking the team under his shoulder, and taking command of the team and being decisive in uh, moments on, on the season, I, I can think of the uh, uh, back heel. I can think about the the, the set piece against Cagliari to open up that match. Uh, I think he's been key. And if it weren't if it weren't for him being injured, I would consider him to be the best player so far. And I know we're probably going to talk about that later. But I think one of the positive is the growth of Lorenzo Pellegrini for me. That's understandable. Imran, same question. For me, it was the it was the Ajax win, two uh, one yeah, in Amsterdam. Me, me also, yeah. For me, everything uh, that game released in terms of emotions, uh, you know, the the feeling, uh, yeah, the hormones it released. Uh, it was just uh, it was just a happy feeling, and it was uh, yeah. For me, that was the highlight of uh, twenty twenty one. If I have to talk to, if I have to think of a specific moment, I have to agree with that too. Yes, mm, I think it's probably one of the the standout ones for for us Roma fans to go to to Ajax and also play in a way that we did. And also, sorry, as a caveat, we could have lost the game quite badly um, after Dusan Tadic's penalty miss, but it was a good show of strength and. Um, to win the game 2-1 with a goal late on by Roger Ibanez, but then also the second leg, Roma played poorly and managed to get out away with a draw at home and to win the tie overall, but then managed to get absolutely spanked by Man United over two legs. Uh, James, what was your standout moment of 2021, or your highlight, sorry? Well, funnily enough, both those two things that have already been mentioned came to my mind. Pellegrini's growth, in, and um, I'll give you another example. His, um, the great goal he scored against CSK, Sofia, 
in the first home in the first game of the Conference League group stage mm. when we were losing one nil and he scored that fabulous goal right into the top corner to equalise and set us on our way to a comfortable victory. And um uh he also scored, if I'm not mistaken, another great goal in that early part of the season away t- to uh Salernitana. He was really um he was in the form of his life at that period. And in fact, many people observed that they were astonished that he only got one minute playing for Italy at that time when they drew 1-1 with Bulgaria in Florence that uh, at the start of September that ultimately cost them the uh, automatic qualification for the World Cup and that he should have been... He was the most informed Many people say, and I'm not talking about Roma fans, many people say he was the most informed Italian player at the time. And it was perplexing as to why um, why he didn't uh, play the entirety of that game, let alone just one minute. So um, so I would say, yeah, the, the uh, performances of Pellegrini and uh, the win in Amsterdam, which was tempered a bit by, as you rightly said, the... the um, Narrow. Well, I was going to say the narrow way we ended up uh, getting through that tie, <laughs> and and then the uh, terrible second half against Manchester United in the semi-final in the away game. But uh, but nevertheless, yeah, as a standalone moment, the victory in Amsterdam. Uh, just to put it, it was behind closed doors with no spectators present. But it was, yeah, um, yeah. definitely one of the high points of uh, recent seasons in Europe. Another important point, I think, is getting through the qualification round of, of uh, the Conference League. I know you call it Conference League, but for Roma, it has been really tough in the last decade to get through the qualifying rounds of, you call it, uh, Europa League with Slova Bratislava or Champions League through Porto. So this was the first time in a while that Roma went through a, a qualifying round of a European tournament. Call it co- Conference League, whatever you want. But it's important. It's an important thing to note. Yeah, because it yes, could have been a particularly. I would say particularly. Sorry, I would just say particularly because that was probably the most difficult opponent we could have played. Exactly. In the qualifying. They're, they're they're the leaders in the yeah. Turkish yeah. league right now. Oh, right, right, yeah. Not surprised, yeah. They've got half a Serie A in that team anyway, haven't they? <laughs> well, they did have one, yeah, when they, they did do. have one when we played them. <laughs> Bruno Perez yeah. and Cornelius, or was that yeah, from Parma, yeah, right? Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did have a second one, but that was the the derby win over Lazio behind closed doors, which was Paolo Fonseca's final home game. I thought Roma played really well in that game, and they showed the spirit. And the celebrations afterwards was quite good with the togetherness of the squad. And it showed um, that they did have a little bit of fight, but they probably showed it to end to the, at the end of the season after the horrific run in Serie A where Roma were trying to put all their eggs into the Europa League basket. I think the, the win over Lazio was a nice way to end the season at home and to end Paolo Fonseca's home reign at the club also. Does anyone have any any others, or is this just the main one in Amsterdam and Lorenzo Pellegrini? I think those are the standout moments of the year. Mm. Let's go to the I best so, one, yes. as I like to call it, the worst moment of the year. I imagine all three of us, all four of us, probably have probably the, the top two. 
Um, we'll go in reverse order this time. I can imagine James could be off his long run. Um, what was your worst moment of the year? Um, I think the worst moment of the year, I would say, was the second half against Manchester United in the mm. first leg of the semi-final. We went 2-1 up uh, into the interval, 2-1 up. You know, We're playing a semi-final, we're away from home, uh, in front, with two away goals, because the away goals then rule was still... Uh, uh, in operation then, and um, could begin to see the final on the horizon. And then, um, obviously, we'd had some misfortune in the first half, losing three players. Um, was it Spinazzola, Veratu, and Paolo Lopez to injury? But um, uh, but the 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 way we naively continue to push forward and leave space behind and they realized that very quickly and were able to use their quick and skillful forwards like Cavani to mm. to latch on to forward passes and we didn't really you know it did, didn't seem anyway that Fonseca was able to um you know instruct the team to to sit a bit deeper and close out the spaces and make it more difficult for them and to get them to play in from in front of us. And we squandered what was potentially a winning position. So I was bitterly disappointed. And to come away with a 6-2 defeat was uh, was awful. And and the other one would have been the devastating defeat by but another European away game, yeah. uh, Bodo Glimt, when we, yeah. uh, you know, again went into the interval in a fairly promising position, 2-1 down, having conceded two pretty, well, one pretty poor goal, at least, when we uh, didn't close down the player at all for their second goal. And then the, the, the collapse after half-time and the way everything that happened afterwards with Mourinho's reaction and um, apportioning, indirectly apportioning blame to certain players, um, I found it very, that pretty devastating. So, those two, I would say, were my uh, worst moments of the year. I echo those. Those are mine too. I think the the latter one just left a bitter to, a bitter taste in the mouth. Um, I, I agree with Jose's sort of arrogance after the final whistle, where he blamed his players and didn't blame himself, and he left those five players out to dry. Um, I didn't like the way I think it was Gianluca Mangini said something pre-game. Um, me and Imran actually talked about this on a pod, but yeah, that that defeat just left a bit of taste in the mouth. And also, the Man United game was just kamikaze, wasn't it? It was just gung ho attacked by two two teams who both I think Roma struggled because they didn't defend properly in the second half and just Man United just attacked at will and it didn't help with, with the, as James said, with the three substitutions and then Amadou Diawara getting injured. I think it was after, was it Mason Greenwood scored the fifth or the sixth goal? He, he come a crop with a, I think it was a muscle injury. Um, Imran, uh, I imagine it could be the same for you. What was your worst moment of 2021? I would say the same. That have been mentioned, um, but personally, having background from Norway, I think the Budigan game was more embarrassing. Um, 
but yeah, both of them. But I would also, as a third moment, I would mention the three nil defeat against Inter because I think mm, that yeah. was when we actually really realized that we are far off from the top and uh, we have a long way to go. And it was we were just outplayed, dominated by Simone Inzaghi and his Inter. And um, it was not just uh, the result in itself, but the way it happened. And, uh, yeah, we looked so small. And for me, that was disappointing. But it was also... um, It was also, you know, a a moment of reality where you actually start realizing this is actually where Roma is at the moment. That Inter defeat was quite humbling, wasn't it? It was quite demoralizing. And with it, I think it showed the the difference between the two sides overall. Um, Sam, will it be a clean sweep for you? Those are all valid shouts by all of you. Obviously, the defeat at Manchester, the second half collapse that James went about, uh, the Inter defeat, uh, recent is Inter defeat 3 0. Yeah, we, we hit a wall. Uh, we, it was a moment like it, it, Imran hit it out of the park. It was a moment of realization to see where we really stand. We're really not mm. that good just yet. Right? Um, obviously, the defeat in the North Pole. That's a big moment of the season. I have to add the two derby defeats, uh, 3-0, uh, to start uh, yes. the year in January 15th, where it was a match where we didn't show up at all. We just didn't show up. And on the the derby for this season, in this season where we lost uh, 3-2, we started the match, if I am not, rem- if I remember correctly, the first 20, 25 minutes, we were losing 2-0 already. And we didn't show up the first 20, half an hour. I mean, we made it respectable at the end, but it wasn't enough. We ended up losing the derby. So I have to add, losing two derbies in one year is another low moment for Roma. Yeah, if I may just comment was... there a moment. Yeah. The, um, the second derby, the only thing I would say in defense of the team was that... Um, we made it respectable at goal... the end. We came back. Yeah, but the second goal Lazio scored should have been actually... And we should have had a penalty kick for a foul on Zaniolo in their penalty area in the run-up. And then they countered us. But there's actually a blatant foul on Zaniolo. Remember those first 20 minutes of the team? Flat. Oh, yes. Very much so, yes. So, guys, I wanted to talk uh, about your standout player or players. It's not a singular or plural. Uh, You're singular your best players of 2021 for Roma, and I'll get, start with Sam first. Who have you been your standouts? My standouts. I'm going to come up with a little podium, okay? I'm going to yeah, go yeah, three, two, five. one. Yeah. Um, and, and it's going to be very much a focus in the last six months, not so much in the whole 2021, okay? Um, okay. I'm going to say that from the beginning. Um, so number three... First of all, I'm going to tell you really for number four is Rick Carso. I'm going to leave him out, just out, barely out, because he's uh, <laughs> worth mentioning. And he was my standout player last year, so it was really tough to leave True. him out of the top three. Um, number three, Roger Ibanez. I've been really impressed with his growth. I think he's phenomenal. He's a gr- he has great timing. He has very good feet. I think he's really good. He's grown a lot. He's learned a lot with Mourinho. He has no problem with the four-man defense, three-man defense. I think he's really good. Uh, 
And I hope he doesn't become one of the expendables in the future. Oh, Roma had to sell it for a lot of money to 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 balance out the books, right? I know we don't. I hope we don't come into that conversation. If he continues with those matches, I think we can in the future, which is a good problem to have, I guess, right? Um, in second position, I'm gonna say Lorenzo Pellegrini. I know that I said that he was my positive of Roma for 2021, and I'm not gonna put him at number one. I'm gonna put him at number two because he got hurt, right? But he was. If he didn't get hurt, he'd probably be being my the number one. Um, he's shown the he's done that jump of quality that we've been asking for him to do in the last few years, right? This year, he's finally showing it. He's taking the team under his shoulder. When he is playing, he's being decisive. And he's in, even in his interview, he's been giving some interviews, really professional interviews, and you can see that he's grown as a as character, right? So I think that's really good to see from our captain. And at number one, and this is maybe not a lot of people might agree with me, but I'm gonna give it to Rui Patricio. He might not have been spectacular, but he's been solid. He's been he's been giving the he's been giving the goalkeeping position a a, a feeling of security, solidity uh, uh, that we've been missing for a while. Since obviously Alison so feels like so long ago already. Since Olsen and, and Paulo Lopez and Mirante have been through our ranks, so. I'm going to go with the last six months of Rui Patricio have been very decent. He had a couple of shaky moments, but overall, I think he's very, very decent. And, and I think he's the right uh, goalkeeper to have for Roma. So really happy to have him. He is a massive upgrade. Would you agree no, on total, Paolo Lopez? Total. He has a sense of security on the goalkeeper. Mm. I remember the even the body language from Paolo Lopez just was, looked like a nervous, shaky guy. Like, now that I wish him the worst thing, I think, I think he's doing great uh, in Marseille, and or at least better in Marseille, but uh, um, I just think Roma wasn't the place for him. Just same case as a player like Chick, right? Patrick Chick. Roma is not the place mm. for you. That's it. It doesn't work out. Move on. So wrong club, wrong time. Yeah, yeah completely agree with that. That's nailed on. I do like your three picks. I'm disappointed you left out Rick Carsdorp. That's, that's but I started nice. with that, putting number four because he's a, you know <laughs> he could have been in the top three though. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, Imran, Ogoi, what's your your fa- your top players of the season, or are you going to be like Sam, do a, a podium? Uh, I have the uh, <laughs> I actually have the same four players, but in different order. <laughs> Fair uh, and you know when when Sam had picked the three, I knew he was going to say with Patricio because uh, I, I was about to throw out the name because uh, you know uh, I can relate to that. Me, uh, fourth place, Rui Patricio, uh, because, you know, he's been here on six months. So it would, unfair, it would be unfair to give him, you know, higher, especially considering his, mm, there are three other players who played uh, the entire season. So Rui Patricio, just like uh, Sam said, you know, uh, the description perfectly described. And, you know, <laughs> it's a bit funny because uh, I can relate to that because, you know, when usually at work, when you are new at a place, you know, you ask uh, people, you know, your boss, you know, how's it going? You know, have you heard anything? And they usually say, no, 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 you know, we haven't heard anything. And they're like, yeah, but that's a good sign. <laughs> and it's the same with the Rupert issue. You know, nobody's speaking about it. And I think that's a good sign because goalkeepers, you, of, you often only speak about them because, uh, like, they make mistakes. Because Paul Lopez, we knew he wasn't good enough. Robin Olsen, so they were two goalkeepers that were very much discussed and um, often in negative terms. So Rui Patricio for me, top four, uh, hasn't been g- 
given probably the credit he should have, he has uh, brought something else to the team which the team was lacking since Alisson left. So number four and number three, Karthorp. Uh He has been uh, playing a lot, uh, consistently good, and he has improved a lot. Uh, number two, Roger Banya. He scored his first league for Roma in the derby, and he has scored two more. And this is also down. This is something we have to give credit to Mourinho for because he has been practicing set pieces a lot, and we've seen that our defenders in Serie A, Smalling has two goals, uh, Ibanez has three, Mancini hasn't scored yet, but I, I think that's a good sign, and he has improved in uh, some areas that he wasn't so dangerous uh, before. So Ibanez number two and number one, number one for me, Pellegrini, uh, he has, uh, mm. uh, he has, uh, I think, been the best player this year. Better two could have been up there, but he dropped out because of his poor, um, yeah, last three months. Because before that, he was uh, he was good last season, especially the towards the end. But oh, overall, I would say yeah, he's at my top four. I like the list, different order, which is good. Um, James, do you echo Sam and Imran's point of view on your standout players for this season, or not this season? Yeah. Sorry, this year. Yeah, I do. Um, I would actually have Roger Ibanez first, simply because mm. I think his progress has been the most impressive. And um, again, as something Sam mentioned earlier, you know, Pellegrini has lost a lot of time through injury, unfortunately. Um, so, and uh, I think the progress at Ibanez is is almost emerging into a complete defender. He's quick, strong, tough. Um, he, his concentration's improved. Tackling is excellent, and um, he has a knack of, uh, you know, um, uh, scoring important goals. I mean, the the uh, the winner in Amsterdam, and of course the uh, the goal against Bodo Glimt at the Olympico that ultimately mm. means we don't have to play a playoff tie in February because we we won the he group was off, thanks he to was offside, tying right? that. Yeah, so Sorry, um, he was he so, was offside. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, he was offside though, and it didn't get pulled up because there's no VAR. Oh, in the, uh, in the conference right, league, okay. Yeah. Well, we'll we will forgive him that. <laughs> Can Ibanez play for the Italian national team for the Atturi? Because he, I know he's well, Brazilian. He's qualified to play for Brazil. Wow. And he's also qualified to play for Uruguay. He hasn't been called up to any of them so far. Not, not no, but I think there is talk to... that he might be called yeah. by Mancini. So um, I think he's in the. Uh, you know, it could be uh, in the works a call up um, ahead of the games in March. Lock but, him uh, up because so those South American teams are going to be snoop, uh, snooping around soon. Of course, yeah, because they play in January. Yes, that's right. Yes, they and do. I would say yes. um, uh, another notable. Um, so I agree with the general choices, but I would say another notable mention should go to Bora Mayoral because. He finished last season as the joint top scorer in the Europa League mm. competition, the whole competition, and he scored also some great goals, some really important goals and some great goals. I remember the first game of the year away in Crotone when he scored that fabulous long-range shot. So I think um, – and, and he helped 
when he came on as a substitute against Bodo Glimt, when uh, the game I just referred to, he helped swing the game or, or swing the result in our favour. To at least we drew the game, didn't lose it, which proved to be crucial in the end. So I would give a notable um, mention to Bora uh, Mayoral. You know, in, he, even though he went periods where he didn't play very much, he he. He, he, I think he was always impressive when, uh, uh, usually impressive when he did. Do you think if he doesn't go out on loan and this loan doesn't get cut short, do you think he'll get more game time with this new two format, uh, two up top formation, or do you think he should? I'm, I'm not sure because it, well, it could be because, um, uh, um. Felix, who sometimes who came yes. on, I think, in the last game as a substitute ahead of him, is might be. There's talk of a loan move potentially to Sassuolo, I believe. So yeah. that would um, uh, promote Mayoral up the uh, kind of uh, pecking, pecking order. order. But I, I'm not, I'd like to, you know, uh, um, uh, I'd certainly like to see him get more opportunities. Um, but I, I think somehow I have this feeling that the, his situation is slightly generally irrecoverable now because he's featured mm. so little um, mm. compared okay. to yeah. last season. I tend to have the same feeling as him. That he, yeah. his, time in, his days in Rome are number. Which is a shame because he he offered mm. so much last season. I think mm. this season he hasn't featured that much. And it's, it's it's a bit of a shame, but yeah. Um, I wanted to talk about worst players. Um, I think there's probably a couple. Um, Sam, again, I'll start with you. Do you have any players who... I wouldn't... Sorry, worst players is probably a harsher word to say. It. Are players in 2021 that you thought you would do well but didn't live up to expectations? How about we start with the weird case of Gonzalo Villar? Yeah, the I first thought, half I, I of think, last season yeah. of the the first half of this year, meaning the second half of last season, he was one of those up and coming players that you know, oh, we can see a future with him. You know, we can build around him. He showed maturity, good feed, good positioning, uh, not being shy of uh, the, the important moments. I mean, his low points maybe back then were like his physicality. Maybe he got run over by bigger, stronger players, right? In the scenario we needed to work. I think it was because of a tweet or something happened with Mourinho. And after that, in the middle of summer, he was just, he's been a non factor. And I, I think it's very surprising. We can make the easy argument that he's, to say he's not a Mourinho player. But it, I mean, you're still part of the roster. Show something, show some character and, and try to get some minutes, right? I know it's not up to him, but uh, if Mourinho hasn't put him to, to play, I think it means something. I think. Uh, it, that's not to say that he can't go and have a good career somewhere else. I know I read even uh, I know how, I don't know how true they are. Even Inter was snooping around, being interested and asking about him. Uh, so I sure. think that's not to say that he won't have a great career somewhere else. But I think he's just not a Mourinho type of Mourinho type of player, really. And, and I don't think there's another player that he, I think his days are numbered. I think he's he will see him out in this winter mercato. I don't know if he's a sell, a loan. But if I'm him, I want to get minutes somewhere else. 
Uh, I think he's a big name over there. Uh, another player that hasn't lived up to uh, at least his performance on the previous year was Henrik Mkhitaryan. I know he's been hurt in and out. He shows flashes, but he's not really been quite the same as last year. Another name that we can say on this in this, it's harsh to say like bad. Maybe not live up to expectations, right? Maybe Nicolas mm. Aniolo, but it was always going to be hard for Nicolo to come up after two uh, main. Uh, knee injuries, injuries yeah. and you know you need time. You need time. What gives you time? Minutes. And I and I have a feeling. I don't know if you guys agree with me. In the last couple of weeks, uh, Saniolo was starting to to show a little bit the extra extra jumping quality, that extra explosiveness that he was missing. I don't know if you guys saw it. And hopefully, the he starts to score a little bit more goals to uh, him and Tammy Abraham. So uh, I'm not ready to say that they were disappointments, but I, maybe maybe the the strongest name would be Gonzalo Villar. That makes more noise to me. It's a curious case, isn't it? Because he got loads of minutes under Paolo Fonseca. Um, was it a tweet or was it an Instagram story? It was some. It was something on social media something where like he that, said, yeah. "I guess I'm not that good for some people to be starting." I guess he was sending a message to Mourinho, yeah. and, and I guess after he deleted that tweet or post or whatever Instagram post, whatever it was. But then after that, Mourinho was like, "Okay, you're done." I don't think I don't think the relationship was repaired after that. I mean, we're speculating about that tweet, but the timing is just perfect. Mm. Uh, yeah, um, I do feel that he came on so strongly last season under Fonseca, and this season his minutes are like it's, it's not there. And I think he's only featured a few times this season. Uh, James, I come to you next. Players who you thought would do well but have disappointed in twenty twenty one. Well, I know he scored a couple of important goals in Europe in the uh, last season's Europa League, but I thought Pedro, and he scored, yeah. if I remember, quite a good goal in the Derby um, victory at the end in the uh, penultimate game of the season. Um, but I thought Pedro, I really expected a lot from him, and I thought he could uh, offer a lot, but um, his overall contribution was um, poor, really, uh, considering with the reputation he came with. So for me, Pedro was the most probably disappointing um, player of the, of the, this past year for me. Do you think it was a formation where he wasn't suited to because he's gone to Lazio. He's done the dreaded divide from Roma to Lazio and only a few players have done it. And he suits Maurizio Sarri's four-three-three down to a T. Do you think he just struggled with Paolo Fonseca's three-four-two-one formation? It could be. Um, I'm not really sure what the problem was. He looked like out of sorts to me. He looked like—I mean, I th- had him down maybe as a player who had um, potentially was like um past his best he looks he looks washed out he, he looks revitalized yes now. exactly yes mm. yes exactly that's exactly um how i perceive and i and i'm surprised that he seems to have been you know uh, so quickly uh, resurrected if you like by uh, Maurizio Sarri but good luck you know good luck to them to some extent anyway <laughs> i do agree with the pedro shout i think he him and gonzalo vr I would say Maros Kumbula. How about uh, Carles this, Perez? Because he had a good think, preseason yeah. and he was showing glimpses that he could get some minutes, but then after the season started and his minutes diminished. He he played in a couple of different positions uh, in December. I think it was where he played in midfield and I thought he did pretty well. 
Um, I think now when he's gone to the three-five-two, he doesn't really have a set position. If Jose kept playing with the four-two-three-one, you could have stuck him out wide, and maybe Zaniolo through in the middle if Pellegrini was out injured. But yeah, um, I'm not too sure on that. I think Paris is probably a good squad player to have around, but yeah, last season I don't think he was that good. Didn't have those. I, those, I would uh, add impact that. I think you make an excellent point about Kumbula. Kumbula, yes. this season, to me, has shown me that he's not really worthy, deserving of a place in the squad. I think that he has too many limitations. And uh, it's just great pity, but because um, obviously it was an important investment. But um, Yeah, I was going to say that. Almost and, 30 million euros. Yeah. Yeah. And we gave, I think, the player that we gave in part exchange. Mercedin. Um, yeah, I think he's has shown flashes of uh, really good form at Hellas Verona. So um, hopefully it doesn't become even more regretful, that transfer. But yeah, a disappointment. But I think Kumbula has shown that he's not really deserving of a place in the squad. I think he's had a few good games, but I think the lack of pace... And when you ha you can't play him and Smalling together in a back three because their passing might get exposed because both don't look comfortable on the ball. Kumbulas looks comfortable in the t uh, like in the challenges and that he wins a lot of challenges, but I don't think his his lack of pace and his passing will get him through. Uh, they are to, to be in the center of the of the back three. They're yes, not to be on yeah. one of the sides. It's yes, either it's either yeah. Smalling or Kumbula. You can play them both, right? Because you can play Mancini, who's got pace, and Abanez, who's got pace. Correct. Mancini's a lot stronger in the challenge. Um, Abanez has great recovery pace and also strong. You can play them both on the uh, the either sides of the back three, but Smalling and Kumbula have to play in the centre. Um, uh, Imran, I come to you. Who is the the players or players who have so uh, you thought would do well but have disappointed in 2021? Oh, there are many. Um, you mentioned Kumbola, I agree. Uh, for, I expected him to, you know, to improve like many of the other players, but, you know, we can single out individual players, and it's not, we have to understand that there are many factors that play a decisive role here. It's not entirely due to the player, it could be the coach. Especially in the case of Gonzalo Villa, I mean, we have to. I mean, he hasn't played a single minute in Serie A this season. You know that. That's I an mean, incredible he, he number played, after the minutes that he, he had last wow. year. Yeah, I mean, that, he has played in the, the Conference League, but he hasn't played a single minute. I mean, not as a substitute, not from start. I mean, that's astonishing if you ask me. Uh, a player who who did well, actually, last season. And now, suddenly, there's no space, space for him. That shows clearly either there's a completely incompatible with the style of play that Mourinho prefers, uh, and then I think we should move him on. Uh, or or you move on the coach, because there's no way where you can have afford having both of them destroying the career of a guy. So I think Gonzalo Villar has to leave. Um, he did I expect him to be good? Yes, because he, I think he was very comfortable on the ball. I think that would that would have been 
quality that Mourinho would have appreciated when you have possession. But uh, yeah, anyway, that has worked. I think Veretu has been disappointed. He started out good, but then hasn't been quite himself. Uh, Zaniolo, we, uh, I think uh, he has been disappointing, yes, because we haven't seen the Zaniolo that we wanted to, but it's also because uh, due to the expectations that we created, we expected a lot from the guy. The pressure got to him. He looked really frustrated. Uh, so there are many reasons that I can, that I can explain why he hasn't been that well. I think, and now recently when he got the goal, I think it was, it was a mental unblock for him. So he could probably start building on that and gain confidence again. And uh, oh, there are many players. <laughs> Brian Reynolds, I mean, he has been, uh, I don't know, disaster. I mean, the the one time he got the chance, he was uh, terrible, and after that, he hasn't uh, he hasn't seen any first team football. So, also, who else? Uh, Shemurodov. He has uh, he hasn't played that much regularly. He, I mean, from the start, he has only four starts in Serie A, two goals. Well, the rest of them are such two. Yeah, I think that he has failed to make an impact when he has been introduced or introduced to the pitch or expected to do so. He did, uh, ironically, he did well the last game uh, where he came from scores. But in the case of Shomorodov, I'm sorry to cut you off, Inram, it's hard. Yeah, yeah, he, has, yeah. he hasn't been getting a lot of co uh, continuous minutes. It's, it's, it's mm. hard for a player, if you don't give him minutes, to give him that confidence. Right? It's, hard to, it's hard to tell him, listen, okay, pay, play 10 minutes, be our savior every match, score a goal. I completely, hard, yeah. right? I completely. Yeah. So it's I hard for me agree. to put Shomorodov in there. But, but at the same time, we can say the same about VR. He hasn't been getting the minutes. You know? Not, not yeah. a single minute in Serie A. So... Uh, I think the same case can be applied to him. That's why I'm saying there are many factors uh, that, uh, you know, play. Uh, I would even go as far as to say that I think that Tammy Abraham, Abraham has been disappointing in Serie A. He's been done well in the conference league. But someone, you know, that uh, a total package worth 45 million euros, 40, 45 million euros, most, most expensive signing, uh, I would have expected more goals. He has scored six goals in 18 games in Serie A. That's not too bad. But uh, for the investment we made, I think it's natural to expect more. He will probably Two get points. better. He, he will probably get better. And, you know, he's adapting to the league, league and everything. Yeah, we have to take that into consideration. But just, uh, I, I think it's, it's natural that when we are discussing this, uh, that uh, I personally expected more, but at the same time, I do understand that he needs time. Uh, but two points I meant. would say in connection with this is that, um, firstly, when you have so many players disappointing or, or maybe not reaching their potential, that suggests that you know the coaching, um, there might be a problem with the coaching, and um, secondly, I would say that. Um, sometimes I think also you need to be for the, for the new arrivals. You need to be, you need to try and find that patience. 
because sometimes we we have in the past we've sold players on um and and not only us of course i mean Mohamed Salah is a classic example. Chelsea sold him uh, to us after it had that loan spell at Fiorentina and hey presto, suddenly had a world-class player on our hands. So um, I think sometimes you have to be uh, just just that bit patient just to um, believe in players that, that, that you see. But where, where players like Kumbula, just to take an example, you know, you can see pretty obvious deficiencies. I mean, Scott mentioned earlier... Um, Pace is a real uh, deficiency, and and not that convincing in his tackling. Um, uh, you know, when when you see pretty obvious deficiencies, then that's maybe a different situation. But where you can see promise, and as you mentioned, Tammy Abraham, it's his first season in Serie A, and he looks um, a, a, a real all-round complete striker, has good technique. Um, can score, you know, he's pretty clinical when he gets opportunities, very mobile, um, takes up good positions, uh, works well with his teammates. Um, you know, he's definitely worth persevering with those sort of players. Sh- Shamodorov, I think the same, given, as has been mentioned, the limited opportunities he's had so far. I do, I do agree. I'm not writing off Sammy Abraham or anything. I'm just stating what I believe is the fact. And we could say the same thing. I'm not saying that we should give up on him now. No, I, I want to no. keep him. I want him you know, uh, to adapt and build a team around him. He, he's, he's the ideal player to do that. But at the same time, I think it's fair to say that uh, Jacob's first season at Roma wasn't what we really expected. But then the season after, he was complete, you know, world-class striker. Uh, mm. but, but at the same time, I think um, I think it's fair to say that Jericho disappointed him, or he didn't live up to the expectations, but then what happened afterwards, you know, it was more than, I mean, more than what we expected, especially based on the first season. And I, I think it's fair to say something similar with Sammy Abraham. Perhaps this next month he will, you know, be a, be a completely different player. But right now, I mean, what we've seen so far, we have seen. Uh, I mean, he has been unlucky with all the faults that he he hit, <laughs> but he needs to be more efficient. Uh, and I'm thinking about some of the great chances that he missed uh, the Napoli game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I, I think I think it will get better, but I think um, it, it's worth mentioning. Yes, definitely. He is also top goal scorer in the Conference League in Europe, so every he has a silver lining. And as you said, he's also hit the upright seven times this season, so he has been unlucky in front of goal. Um, on Gonzalo Villar, I just checked his transfer mark stats. You are right. He hasn't played a single minute in Serie A. He has been on the bench 10 times and he's missed out a few games due to COVID and not being in the squad. So that is a worrying stat from... Last season, where he, I think he played, he's one of the players who played had them won the most minutes to this season, having zero minutes in Serie A. That is quite damaging. Um, guys, I have a quiz, uh, and also James made a, an excellent point to have our our wish list for 2022. So we'll end with that. So, guys, have you got a pen and paper ready? Let's do yes. this. It's ten questions. So the first five questions are about the first half of 2021 and the second half is about the second half of 2021. All right, 
Question number one. Who scored Roma's first goal of 2021 in a 1-0 win over Sampdoria? Uh, okay, I think I have my answer, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Should I so say I, I, it? Uh, no, no, I will say the answers at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'll say the the, the, the the answers to the questions at the end. Got it. Uh, are we guys ready for question number two? Let's do this. Who were the two players sent off for Roma in the Coppa Italia defeat to Spezia, which ended in chaos? I'm surprised no one mentioned this earlier. Question number three. This was also mentioned earlier. Uh, which Serie A team gave Roma their first defeat of 2021 in Serie A? I will give you a clue. Sam mentioned this earlier in the pod. I, I had that one. I had that one. That's the only one I feel good about. <laughs> Unfortunately. Okay. Question number four. Which Primavera player made his debut against Manchester United and was involved in the third goal, which was cruelly taken off him and given as an Alex Teller's own goal? Okay. Sorry, that was a, that was a bit of a long-winded, simple, <laughs> long-winded question. Okay. Uh, question number five. Who scored the final Serie A goal of the Paolo Fonseca era in a 2-2 draw at Spezia? Okay. Oh, I remember, I remember, I remember, yes. Uh, question number six. Against which Serie A team did Tammy Abraham score his first Serie A goal? Okay. Okay. Question number seven. Roma have suffered four home defeats th uh, this calendar year in Serie A. Can you name the three clubs? One club has beaten Roma twice this calendar year at home in Serie A. So can you name the three clubs who have beaten Roma at home this season? Okay. Uh, question number eight. Against which Serie A team did Roma have their biggest home win of the season? And a bonus point if you can name the scoreline. I'm going to have to think about this, okay. <laughs> biggest home win. Yeah, yes. biggest home win. Yeah, sorry, Imran. In Serie A or any competition? In Serie A. All right, question number nine. Question number nine. Who scored the solitary Roma goal in Roma's Humberlin in Norway? Huh. At, at this point, I was struggling for questions. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And the final question, who scored Roma's final goal of 2021 in the one-all draw against Sampdoria? Okay, that's easy. Do you guys need any repeating? No, I think I'm good. No. I don't think I'm correct. No. I, think, I feel no. good about some. Hmm. Okay, question number one. What did you guys have? Edin Sheko. James? Mancini. Mancini. Imran? Edin Dzeko. Sorry, James. Is it Edin Dzeko? <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> Repeat the question for the listener, yeah. Yeah, so who scored Roma's first goal of 2021 in a 1-0 win over Sampdoria? And then question number two, who were the two players sent off in that infamous Coppa Italia defeat against Spezia? Sam, I'll come to you first. I have Karsdorp and Pellegrini. Uh, sorry, mate. No, I have uh, I have Mancini and Lopez. And I'll come I to have him just Mancini. I don't remember the other one. Uh, James is right. It's Gianluca Mancini and Paolo Lopez. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, and then there was this infamous six subs. And I, I, I was going to oh, say... Oh, it was Pellegrini who was talking to Fonseca and saying... Yes, it was saying yes, oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. That's how I'm confused, right? Yeah. Uh, question number three. Uh, I think we all know this. So I imagine all of us will probably shout it out at the same time. Sam, I'll start off with you again. Yeah, what is the question? Uh, who gave Roma their first defeat of 2021? Our neighbors, our city neighbors. Yeah. Uh, James, did you have the same answer? I did, actually. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> I the, the, the infamous Friday night game. And Imran, did you have the same? Yeah, that's good. Lazio. Question number four: Who was the Primavera player who made his debut against Manchester United? Uh, Imran, I'll come to you first. Zaleski. It was Nicholas Zaleski. Did anyone else have it? I thought no. I put a Prima Darboy, so I was wrong. Uh, he did play against yeah, Manchester United, well. right? He did. He did. I I had Zaleski. Did you? Yeah, Zaleski is correct. James, did you? Who did you yeah. have? I felt pretty good about that one. No, mm. he did. He didn't score though, but it, the the, ga- the goal was given away as the Alex Teller's own goal, which was a bit harsh. Uh, who scored the final Serie A goal in the Paolo Fonseca era? Uh, James, I come to you first. I've got Henrik Mkhitaryan. Is it Sam? I come to you. Yeah, afterwards. because of that goal, we made Conference League. So Henrik Mkhitaryan. And Imran, yeah, is it a clean sweep? It yeah, is a clean Mkhitaryan. sweep. It's Henrik Mkhitaryan. You all can add a point onto the board. Uh, question number six. Who did we? Have, who did Tammy Abraham score his first Serie A goal against? You can all shout it out. It would be a lot easier. Salernitana. Salernitana. Shoot, I had all the nursing. <laughs> <laughs> it is Salernitana. All right, this one's a bit tricky. So who did... Uh, so Roma had four... Serie A home defeats this season, uh, this season, this year in 2021. Who were the three teams to beat them? Remember, one team did beat Roma twice in 2021. Uh, who did they lose to? This is going to be a free fall. Milan. Yeah. Yeah. I've got Lazio, Milan, and Elas, Verona. So Lazio no, was an away at game. At home, Sam. Inter. Was one, was yeah. It? So, so in, sorry, in, James. Was recently, and there's one more I couldn't remember. So, do you want me to say the answer? Yeah. So it's uh, so you you James and Sam are right. As James and Imran are right about AC AC Milan winning twice, uh, Inter Milan also, and Napoli the final game before <gasps> the March international oh, break. Oh, yeah. You're right. Yeah, got that wrong. In the two nil and yeah. the two nil defeat. I think that was straight after the Shakhtar Donetsk game, but yeah. Um, yeah, it was, yes, that's right. Question number eight. Uh, the biggest home win of 2021 in Serie A? Salernitana. 
Home wins No, no. I, 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 I know the result. I think it was 4-0. I'm just struggling with the opponent. Um, it wasn't 4-0. Uh, Imran, sorry. Oh, oh Salernitana was away, right? Salernitana yeah. was away. I yeah, said home like, win. I'm blowing it. Damn, you're, you're, you're having a shocker. <laughs> yeah. It was this I season. Have... I've got a feeling it was this season, wasn't it? Was it there? No, it... Uh, I don't know. I, I felt all of them were narrowing. Uh, it was last season. Oh. oh. Ah, Crotone. Crotone, yeah. Last Five season nil. was Crotone, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Bravo. the biggest home win this season. Oh, that's fa- didn't we beat him? Was it five uh, zero? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, I remember. And I looked this up earlier. It was an assist from Nicholas Zaleski as well in that game, because that game was straight after the Manchester United three two home win. Um, I gather all three of you should know who scored the solitary Roma goal in Norway. Carlos Perez. Correct. Carlos Perez. Correct. And question number 10, the final question, who scored Roma's final goal of 2021? Eldor Shomorodorov. Eldor Oh, So how did you guys do in that wonderful quiz of AS Roma in 2021? 5 out of 10 on Sam. Not good. 6. I think I got... Six and a half, I think, or seven. Yeah, because yeah, because gave you a an extra bonus point. At least we can say that we didn't phone. cheat with high numbers. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, no, no. I, you know, it, it, this this just proves that uh, at least the first part of the season was something. Forget. Guys, I wanted to. We wanted to end on something that James said off pod and it's a like a what do you say james like a, a wish list or a final wish for 2022 um i'll start off with you james the coming year yeah so what was your sort of wish list or final wish for as roma in 2022 if you have oh, to force me into one it would be to win the conference league because it would be um uh our first time we've ever won a UEFA club competition, and um, so and it would be a fantastic night in the club's history um, to win it. And it's um, something we can do. I mean, obviously we, we're very much a, sort of team you can't rely on at the moment. So, but uh, yeah, so uh, that would be my wish for the uh, year ahead. Uh, Imran, I come to you. What is your wish for 2022? To win uh, trophy. To win trophy, yeah. Because Copa Italia, we wanted before, it would it would mean something more to win the first title in European football, you know, since it became official under UEFA. And Sam, is it a clean sweep? Yeah, no, title would be nice. Yes, for me, it's hard to talk to say the word title in Roma in the same paragraph, in the same <laughs> sentence, you know, let's take it match by match. I just want this team to continue buying into Mourinho, to continue getting better, to continue showing a sense of maturity, to be more consistent, not so inconsistent. Um, 
whether it is through the winter mercato, which I don't think is going to change much, maybe a couple squad that players. I just want the team to continue building in, into the. I think this year has been has been a little bit better uh, defensively. We we conceded 21 goals, and let's count that nine of them came against Inter, Venezia, and Lazio, with nine goals against. Right. So I think we've shown some kind of defensive solidity with with Mourinho. Uh, the goal, especially for for Saniolo and Abraham, we discussed that hasn't been op- the goal hasn't opened for them. Hopefully it, it does, but. Uh, until then, continue having a, 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 a very good so, uh, defensive performances. It, it's, it's very good, and I think we can, we hopefully improve uh, on that with Mourinho. We keep improving and showing signs of maturity. I think that's my wish. Yeah, I would say probably not to get our expectations too high in, in Serie. A. I think where we are now is probably where we probably finish in Serie A this season, because um, me, Imran, and James were talking about this in the previous pod. Um, sort of that fifth, sixth spot would probably be. And we are where we thought we were gonna be, right? Within yeah. striking distance. I mean, it would have been better to win against Andorra and be within four points of mm. Champions League, but we're within six points, within striking distance, fighting it out against all the other teams. A couple of them inconsistent as Roma. And maybe Juventus, which lately hasn't been so consistent, started winning, which could be a problem, right? Uh, but that will be time to discuss that later. We'll just gotta stay within striking distance. Yeah, always, always, um, just try and push for top four. And I do agree with the, the other guys, as Imran and James said, just try and win a trophy. Conference League is, could be massive, um, especially with Spurs. It's a great opportunity with yeah. big rivals around, not all the big names. It doesn't happen every year when you have this chance. You no. know, a lot of people play it down, but it, these kind of opportunities don't come at you every season. No, especially with Spurs now out of it because they had to forfeit their game against Ren, which yes. knocks them out. They had um, COVID yes, cases. Yeah. Uh, I would say, um, for me, are uh, the two Dutch clubs, Feyenoord and... Is it RZ? PSV. Is it PSV or RZ? Is it one of the two? Uh, Feyenoord. Fine. Oh, yeah, Feyenoord, yeah. Yeah. So, um, but, yeah. But nevertheless, we 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 have... Um, uh, I think we are, or we certainly were, favourites with the bookmakers. Not that necessarily means everything, but... Um, yeah, it would be uh, it would be absolutely wonderful. We, it would guarantee us a place in the Europa League group stage next season. Mm. We'd have the title, and of course, um, it would maintain us very high. I think we're sitting in about thirteenth place in the overall UEFA club competition ranking over the last five seasons. So, uh, and sooner or later, our seventeen eighteen haul that mega haul of points we got after we reached the Champions League semi-final will drop off. So it's important to keep that going, you know. In fact, we're actually above Arsenal. I remember last time I we climbed above Arsenal. So uh, um, so for many reasons, uh, uh, winning the Conference League would be... Of course, um, one other thing, Daniel mentioned this on a previous podcast, that sometimes you can use a competition like that to go on to even bigger things, mm. you know. Um, it's like a springboard, so uh, as well as being, of course, a wonderfully satisfying achievement in itself. And the final is in, I think it's in Gdansk in Poland, which is, which is quite good. Um, and I think the draw, because... Tirana. Tirana, my apologies. Oh, was it? Yeah. The Europa League is in Gdansk. Ah, yeah. my apologies. Yeah. I was reading something a bit wrong. It'd be good. It'd be good. 
to win a trophy if if Roma can. If they can push on to try and get a top four, that'd be excellent. But I just see, as myself and James and Imran were talking in the previous pod, um, I think we are where we are, where we're, we're going to be at this current climate in Serie A. There are better teams ahead of us. Um, Atalanta always try... Sorry they, sorry, they always kick on now and they always run away and try and be in the top two and in three. Milan look a different side. Napoli look excellent and Spalletti. Juventus is hitting their stride a little bit under Allegri and Inter just look completely different under Inzaghi this season. But yeah, always remain positive. Uh, I think we probably wrapped a bow on this podcast. I think we've probably talked a lot, a long time about 2021. Uh, guys, you can follow La Magicast at lamagicast.com. All our previous podcasts are on that plat, uh, on the website. You can follow the, the podcast on all the podcast platforms. So yeah, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, SoundCloud, um, Podbean and Spotify. Uh, Sam, thank you for joining me on this uh wednesday no thursday thursday oh the christmas holidays and the days have totally screwed me up massively (laughs) i don't know which day it is to be honest but sam thank you very much for joining you're welcome thank you scott thank you for having us no james thank you for joining and thankfully and glad that you're sounding a lot better thank you uh imran always a pleasure thank you for joining thank you thank you no, all right, and happy, happy new year, guys. Happy holidays, and hopefully 2022 is a lot better. Uh, always remember, Fosalorama, and ciao. 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 ciao.